Wow, that was a tough story on the weekend. Neck protection for hockey players. Sadly, it always seems to take some kind of a tragedy for us to revisit safety issues like this one. And the death of Adam Johnson in the UK over the weekend raised awareness once again. Now, starting as soon as possible, the Western Hockey League are going to be making neck guards mandatory, something that the Ontario and the Quebec leagues have already done. Joining us on the show this afternoon to talk about how they're going to roll this out, how they're going to police this, is the vice president of the Western Hockey League, Richard Dirksen. Richard, how are you? Pleasure to be with you, Bryn. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. We'll get into that at the back end of this. Uh, we do have some stories I'm sure we could tell, but this is this is a tough one. Uh, it, the league has stepped up and decided it's time to get after it a little bit. Can you kind of tell everybody how you're going to do this? Well, as the announcement was yesterday, uh, we are going to make it mandatory that neck guards or a form of neck guard protection be uh, worn by all of our players, including goaltenders. Uh, we've asked for it to be started uh, tomorrow night uh, with our games. However, we have the provision in that if they are not able to get the neck guards in time, uh, as soon as we get them, uh, they will be uh, uh, worn. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's not easy to just turn the switch on and, and get going you're right you've got to find the equipment and not only is the western hockey league going to be dealing with this other minor leagues i'm i'm hearing some sporting goods stores are going through the same uh, the same situation as you are now uh have you been considering this before or is it you know obviously it always takes a tragedy to kind of flip the switch on a little bit here but have there been any close calls that you can recall in the western league that's made you think about it earlier we really haven't had any, uh, certainly nothing of this significance that occurred over the weekend. Uh, we have discussed it uh, periodically over the years, uh, but our feeling has always been, uh, you know, as long as the NHL wasn't using it, and uh, we're kind of uh, many NHL here in the West, uh, we would follow the same rules that they do. Uh, certainly, though, with the incident over the weekend, I think it prompted everybody, uh, not only our league, but a number of leagues to uh, take a closer look, and uh, we have certainly made that decision to start wearing them. Some players just don't feel comfortable wearing them. How are you going to police this? Is this going to be up to officials, or are you going to rely on the teams, the equipment people, the coaches to, to kind of keep tabs on things? Well, the one thing with neck guards, they are fairly visible, so it should be fairly uh, simple for the officials to be able to... Uh uh, to monitor it. Uh, certainly if a player is seen not uh, out on the ice without a, a neck guard, he would have to leave the ice immediately and not return until he has the neck guard in place. Players cheat a little, though. I'm just wondering whether or not they'll be... <laughs> you know that. You, you've been around the league a long time. <laughs> well... We will do our best. Uh, obviously, there's a number of areas that uh, we have our officials monitoring. Uh, there's mouth guards, there's visors, uh, so this will be one more thing for them to uh, keep an eye on. Let's get into mouth guards, too, here for a second, because and I see it at the NHL level all the time. I'm wondering, why do you even have a mouth guard if you're going to be chewing on it constantly? Is that another thing you constantly have to watch for in the Western League? We are constantly working with our teams and our officials. Uh, I think for the most part our players are good, but uh, it makes it difficult for them when they see some of the NHL players playing every game with them hanging out of their mouth. Uh, uh, certainly they're trying to emulate their uh, stars, and uh, so it does uh, present a bit more of a challenge for us. Richard Dirksen is joining us, Vice President of the Western Hockey League. We're talking about uh, on the show yesterday briefly about 
whether or not this kind of starts at the grassroots level and works its way up or whether it should start at the NHL level and work its way down. Like, do you have an opinion on that or are you just worried about the messaging the Western League sending out? I think from our perspective, uh, we've got to deal with what's best for the players in our league. We have 22 teams, roughly 24 players a team, so it's a lot of players that we're working with. Uh, certainly it helps us when the NHL uh, has leadership in an area. It sure makes it easier for our players to understand why they are also uh, being requested to comply with a certain uh, rule or regulation. But uh, again, I know the NHL, not only is it their teams, but also the Players Association have to uh, agree before any decision are made at that level so we sure understand that we have known each other for a long time because you just took that question away from me the players associations heavily involved with the nhl how about having everybody on board at the western league level is that hard or do you make the decision for them Again, uh, we work with our teams, and uh, certainly if the teams are all on side, it makes it a lot easier because uh, we are in position where we can dictate quite a bit easier to the players. Uh, obviously, they're all trying to move up the ranks, and uh, you know they couldn't really uh, step away from rules that we have within our league, uh, just like uh, minor hockey, amateur hockey throughout Canada. How long has the league been going to? Because I, and the reason I bring this up was I just happened to notice this morning that the team that I used to cover, the Moose Jaw Warriors, is celebrating their 40th anniversary in Saskatchewan. And I felt extremely old because I was there for the year two. And that's how far back we go. And I've watched this league develop. And, uh, you know, there's some struggles at times, but it's gone through some tragedies. There's no denying that. But for the most part, the, the league just continues to flourish, Rick. And, and I even called you Rick, not Richard, uh, because I think I get to. But uh, it's amazing how this league has continued to do so well. Well, we started in 1966-67, so it's uh, we've been around for a long time. Uh, we've got a great season uh, underway. Our races are good in three of the four divisions. It looks like in the BC division, Prince George uh, is pulling away. They've got a very good hockey club. But, uh, no, we've got uh, great players again. We're going to have a good draft uh, come next summer, and uh, hopefully uh, everything will flow uh, the way we'd like it to. And one last thing, the commissioner. This is the last year for Ron Robinson. Uh, how is how is how's he doing this year? Is he just kind of coasting or what? If you know Ron Robinson, there is no such thing no as such coast. Thing. He's a hundred hundred miles an hour all the time, and uh, no, he's been a tremendous leader for the league. And uh, I know he'll be very instrumental in bringing the new new person uh, on side, and uh, they'll get the opportunity to work together for quite some time uh, in the new year. And how's everything? How do you think? What's the perception of the Edmonton Oil Kings and how it's gone here? It's really seemed to be working very, very well. Well, they've been one of our most successful teams over their uh, history since returning to the city. Uh, they threw everything into the kitty a few years back and won our championship, and uh, now it's a matter of regrouping again. They've got some really good young players. They've got some good draft picks coming up, and uh, I think Kurt Hill and the job that uh, the organization does, they'll be back up on top uh, before we know it. Well, good luck with the rollout of the uh, the net guards. I, I, I hope we can get it up and running as fast as possible, but completely understandable with the, the uh, supply situation. Thanks for your time today. It's great to uh, catch up with you again. And uh, next time we do, I hope it's not over a subject like this, which is just so tragic. And, and thanks, Richard, for being with us today. Agreed. And uh, thanks, Brent. It's always great talking with you. Okay, thank you. There you go, Richard Dirksen, who is the vice president of the Western Hockey League, talking about the mandatory neck guard protection following Adam Johnson's tragic death this past weekend.